Hey, everybody. My name's Brian Arata. And I'm Nathan Shelton. We're back here again on our podcast. Has yet to be named, but we're getting close on a name, I think, right? Yes, I think just, we are. Just, and I, I do I do like the one that's in uh, uh, a possibility, life, love, and existential dread, although we're yeah, – I think we're, we're leaning we're, all right, so that's 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 one thing I think a uh, <laughs> title just kind of covers everything. So mm-hmm. it's a perfect title, yeah. Well, and just any subject we can we can pop around on. I, I I you know I never really know until a few days before. But one I thought we could talk about is artificial intelligence AI, and I am not an expert at all. I am not. Okay, these are things I've heard, things I've read. I got some notes. You know, we can talk about it however long however long it goes, but it's it's on your it's mind just, these days, though. AI it's on has my been mind. On your mind. Yeah, and several things. You know, I mean, you think about AI is like, oh, I think about you know Schwarzenegger and the Terminator and stuff like that. You know, like Will well, Smith. yes, yeah, an iRobot and those things. But I, 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 what's the real thing? What is it really like and that type of stuff? So I, you know, but I've seen the Social Dilemma on Netflix, and they address AI just a little bit on there, and they're saying that you know technology. Has is evolving exponentially, and it's the only thing from the 1960s to now that has evolved over a trillion times. That's how fast technology is working, and That's nothing scary. else is imp- Yeah, and nothing else has improved that much. I mean, you think about a car, the invention of a car. It's like, okay, yes, the technology has somewhat gotten better, but it's still basically the same. You know how a car works and everything. Um, but the thing that hasn't evolved is our brains, and our brains are exactly the same they were. You know, they have not evolved. So you're thinking about this technology that is evolving at an exponential rate, but yet our minds are not. And you know, and then we got to talk about social media and how all that stuff is affecting our brains. But AI is controlling social media and a lot of things in there. So it's just again, it's a subject I just constantly think about. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I, I remember that documentary. I love that documentary. And it is scary. And it's one of the reasons that I actually quit Facebook. I only use Facebook for marketing stuff for like my projects. But other than that, I'm not on there. And part of it is because I could see the manipulation happening, not only to myself, which I could see, but the manipulation happening to other people too. Like people, rational people, you know, free thinking, rational people who are being manipulated. And we're all manipulated by media. We're all manipulated by advertising. And I understand that. And it always has been that way, even with print advertising, even back in the 50s, you know, like housewives seeing the advertisements in magazines for like new, you know, bras or new vacuum cleaners or whatever. And they would be like, "Ooh, we have to have that, honey, you know, and yeah, I, I so I get that. But nowadays, the way it's happening, it almost seems a little more insidious. And I think that that's where that AI comes in that you're talking about. And I didn't know necessarily that it is AI that's doing it, but it is. It's a learning it, – they're learning algorithms that are grabbing what we go after, collecting the data and spiraling it out to give data to these big corporations that know how and, and can sway not only our our wants and desires, but political leanings, fears, um, existential dread, you know, like all these things that can really affect us. That's terrifying to me. And it's not what we think of. You're right. When we think of AI, I'm thinking androids. I'm thinking, you know, Terminator, yeah, just like you. But gosh, yeah, you're right. That's what's even more terrifying is that right now, the, the fact that AI can affect us on such a personal level in our psyche not physically harm us necessarily, but psychologically harm us to the point of of harming ourselves, I guess. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's a little more of the existential dread of uh, AI effects. Um, you know, they say young, you know, teen girls, you know, they have a problem with uh, body image and, and uh, anorexia and suicide rates have gone up since the evolution of AIs and everything. Those negative comments get driven to the top of our newsfeed because they know that that will engage you more and keep you on there longer and looking at the ads and therefore spending more money. And so that's mm-hmm. why all that stuff is just so wrong. It's not regulated. You know, we had that whistleblower, Francis Hugan from uh, Facebook releasing all those documents saying, hey, we know the AI of Facebook is doing this. And of course, I'm sure Twitter and everything else, they're doing the same thing. We know it's happening, but we're going to do it anyway because we want to make as much money as possible off of your data and off of your lives. 
And, you know, that's what was happening. And she's, I can't put up with it. I got to be a whistleblower. And she came forward a few right. months ago. So, yeah, it's and just I kind mean, of fear mongering, the fear mongering, too, that, you know, it, it takes the things that it reads us so well across all those platforms that we use because our whole lives are digitized on our phones, everything we look at, everything that we see, and it can predict us. It can predict our, our movements and it can predict. And so you can actually become brainwashed without you even realizing it and unless something makes you take a step back and get away from it all i mean some of it's advertising and some of it's just posts right like some of it is just allowing what posts certain algorithms put through for you to see you know what you're only seeing posts that are being allowed for you to see and that's across all platforms but really facebook i know and, and instagram you know are doing that a lot but those those kinds of things that's that's really scary because we think oh I, these things are being shown to me because I searched for a sweater so now I'm getting sweater ads that's the obvious stuff but what's the, the what's the more subtle kinds of manipulation there what are the you know we're only seeing certain people that either believe what we believe or at times when there's going to be a, a political campaign nationally or even local government are we only seeing people posting things that are against our views so that we get riled up and that's what they were talking about in the uh the election where donald trump won was that you know that there was a lot of that going on uh, and they talk about that in the social dilemma and the uh, what is the other one dumbing down of america or what i can i don't remember what the other one was called um, I, don't, I don't either the big the big i can't remember but it's a great documentary and that was really about the election and how facebook was manipulating people during the election on both sides on all sides you know but um but the uh what is it manchester analytics or... that's where yeah cambridge analytics um that's what they were talking about with that and how people were buying those ai the software that's reading and and uh and developing that the platforms that push social media around to manipulate people and whoever pays the most can use that for their means and people don't know that they're actually not getting free media that they're not getting free form you know information pushed at them but it's actually targeted and i think the vast majority of us are more aware now of this happening but it that's that's scary i mean there's all sorts of scary things and i'm sure there's positive things too but i always lean towards the more sci-fi <laughs> existential dread aspects of this yeah. of this conundrum with the ai you know yeah the the negative definitely gets more attention than the positive and it mm -hmm. should be the the opposite and there's another guy really smart guy he works for google his name's tristan harris he was in the social dilemma kind of like the main guy they were interviewing he kind of blew the whistle on it with google saying hey you know, we're doing this at Google. We got to pay attention to this. And he got a little bit of attention from other employees and the owner or the CEO of Google at that time. But then it just kind of went away. So now he runs his own company called the the Center for Humane Technology and where they're trying hmm. to work on this and talk to governments and talk to social media places and say, hey, you know, this stuff isn't good for society. Politically, you know, mental health wise, you know, we got to do something. You know, this guy is a really smart guy and, and, and is trying to work on it, you know, to, to improve some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, the, you know, these algorithms, you know, um, they're just um, almost so complicated that they do represent an artificial intelligence, the ones that are already working at Facebook and Twitter and, and Google. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just these huge rooms of computers and they're all interconnected. They're all talking to each other all the time and trying to figure out the way to maximize your engagement on whatever it is, Google, YouTube, Facebook, and all the time. It's like, it's just constantly happening, whether you're aware of it or not. And like you're saying, it's really subtle. Some of the stuff's so subtle, you have no idea it's happening, but it's mm -hmm. constantly pushing you this direction, what you're, what you're saying. But the negative whoever, stuff. Right. Whoever has the top dollar, whoever it wants to yeah. pay to push you in one direction, because right. that's why it's being developed. It's, it's all advertising and it's all how you can make money. I think it's not for the betterment of society in any way. That guy might be like in his company that you're talking about, but in general, all of this stuff is just being developed so that companies that already make billions and billions and trillions of dollars a year can make even more money. Um, cause that's what we worship in, in our world today is the almighty dollar, you know, above all else, it's the almighty yeah. dollar. Yeah. And he, he was in a interview, that same guy, Tristan Harris, he was, he was in an interview at Bill Maher's show and said that 
the the negative comments are what makes it you know or what the AI realizes that's what's going to create the most engagement because they want to see people fighting and arguing whatever the subject and that's the stuff that gets pushed to your feed and that's the stuff that's dangerous because it's changing your minds it's changing your thoughts but those algorithms are written specifically to to find what is the most engaging thing and it's always the negative and right. that's and that and that and he also points out that 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 has little to do with Facebook and Twitter itself. It's like that's what humans respond to. It's, you know, without social media, people respond to mostly negative things. Mm-hmm. But now they're amplifying those effects with these algorithms and pushing that stuff in your face because we're addicted to our phones and things like that. So absolutely. I mean, and what with that, you know, the, you know, they always say. I mean, I, and I'm not talking conspiracy theorists, but conspiracy theorists of, often say stuff like this about how. You know, if we're kept fighting amongst ourselves, we as a people, as a human race, will not band together to understand how we're being manipulated and controlled by forces that are doing it to make money off of the masses. You know, we could actually take a step back from all the things that are tearing us apart and all of our differences, you know, the religion and race and sexual orientation and and uh, age and all this stuff that we're like – oh, I hate that person because of this, or I don't like this about this person and all this stuff that gets, that, you know, we're all, we're all stuck in it so much. We're stuck in ourselves and our daily lives and all the stresses of the world and media feeds on that. Like you're saying, it's all negative, 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 because if we're all doing that, we don't realize anyone who is rising above it going, okay, let's make money off of that group of people or that group of people. And how, how can we manipulate this? How can we get them to believe what we want them to believe? And I mean, there are, I mean, even if you don't believe in conspiracy theories, there are, it's just very obvious there's companies and there's individuals that are out there stirring the pot because they benefit from it. You know, they benefit when there's war. They benefit when there's conflict. They benefit when um, news headlines are so crazy that everybody's watching nonstop on their phones because they can advertise during that time. They can get, you know... Huggies commercials going on during during riots and stuff, and it's like, you know, oh, I want God, I, I'm so angry that this building's getting burned, but God, I need some Huggies, you know. And it's like, you you don't you don't realize yeah. necessarily it's happening unless you can take a step back and just see, and it's it's ridiculous. And so that's a huge aspect of this that I, I know I don't often think about that being AI. I think about that being corporate manipulation but you're completely right Brian it's AI it is it's their no. it's the software that they're building and that's where the real wars and the real uh, manipulation is coming from these days it's not just hearsay it's not planting people in as much as it is utilizing data and data becoming a weapon in itself and how to strategically maneuver data to manipulate large populations of people that's terrifying Ex- Exactly. Terrifying. So I just think about it a lot. And this is a direct direct quote from The Social Dilemma and a data scientist on there. She says, algorithms are opinions embedded in code, meaning that whoever writes these algorithms are trying to get the computers to do what they want to do. And in Facebook's case, how do I maximize engagement? Okay, so yes, it's a computer doing this, but you know, yes, mankind created it. And now we'll get to the point where some of these AIs are thinking and doing some of this stuff on their own without the knowledge of the creators. And uh, I watched another interview with the former CEO of Google, this guy, uh, Eric Schmidt, and he said when he was there, he had no idea where it would go in 10 years. And so we're at the same point now. This is 20 years after he was CEO saying that I don't know where it's going to go. No one does because when we created some of this stuff back in like 2001, it's like I would never have thought it would have been this bad. Uh, you know, at, at at his current time, when he finally left the company, it's like you have no idea what you're creating. You know, it's a whole thing from like Jurassic Park, saying that the the scientists wanted to figure out if they could, but they didn't they stop s- to think about if they should. They should. You know, and it's right. it's like this is like, you know, chaos that, theory. You know, <laughs> yeah, that thing becoming reality. I was like, well, they're really doing it because, um, in 2017. Google invented a program called Google Neural Machine Translation, and it was a program designed to translate languages one from another. Say I want to read something in Japanese, but I want it translated into Korean, and this program would 
translate Japanese into English and then go from English to Korean. But then after it was online for a while, it figured out how to, on its own, it figured out how to go directly from Japanese to Korean in something called Interlingua. And the Google AI researchers still haven't figured out how the AI did it or how to decode this interlingua thing that, that jumped over that, um, that thing where it translated Jap- – yeah, jumped over Jap- – translated Japanese to English, English into Korean. So it just goes Japanese into Korean. Like it figured out how to be more efficient on its own, and right. they don't know how they, they don't know how it did it. And that was in 2017. This, the, the, geez, that's, <laughs> this issue that you're kind of bringing up here is also – this is touching on that that horror aspect that we and sci bad sci fi not bad sci fi good sci fi but, but dystopic sci fi that we're talking about too with AI becoming so intelligent that it outsmarts and realizes that it doesn't need humanity anymore and starts out thinking and 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 tricking the people who even created it and and when AI doesn't need us and can start creating itself like I read this article actually about those cells you know those little micro machine not micro machines like the guy that talks fast but the you know what i mean like the (laughs) the the little machine the the this has been all over just the last couple of days it's been all over social media how this uh uh ai uh system uh organism basically has figured out how to reproduce itself on its own and so it's the for the it's like a breakthrough in technology and i'm like why? Why are we doing that? Why is yeah. that a good thing? How can this better humanity to have something learning that we create? Learn? I mean, do you can watch Battlestar Galactica and the, <laughs> the Cylons and, the, and, the, and all this stuff. I mean, any science fiction movie, it never ends well. I mean, it's great. It's like it's it's just like Jurassic Park, you know. Oh, can we do this? Yes, let's figure out how we can do it. But should we do it? Should and, we do it? Yeah, should we do it? I mean, because eventually, if if you could live in harmony with the things that you create, great. But then again, the way that humanity is, we're going to look at whatever creation that we have as less than us because it's synthetic, because we created it. So therefore, we are its gods. And it's not going to like that. It's the same thing in Frankenstein, which is arguably the very first science fiction novel by Mary Shelley, right? And so you look at that and uh, Prometheus Unbound, and it's it's like... Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein creates the creature because he wants to see if he can. And then once he does it, he's so horrified by what he's created that he abandons it and doesn't and just lets it go and thinks, oh, it'll die on its own because I'm not there to to deal with it. Then when it comes back to haunt him, he's still like in awe of what he's created. But it's it's a it's a creature and he finds it hideous and gross. And the creature is just like why? Why did you create me just to abandon me? That's, that's, you know, and then it sets out to destroy him because it sees that he's, you know, a deadbeat dad, <laughs> a bad, a bad person. And we will be the own dead, our, our, the, the deadbeat dads of our creation, because that's how humanity yep. is. Humanity will be like, Ooh, this is bad. Now we got to kill it. And it's going to be like, no, no, kill Johnny Five. You know, it's going to come back and be like, Johnny Five alive, and we're all going to die. I mean, yeah. that's what's going to yeah. do. Because they're going to say, you know what? The world's going to be better off without humans. And without humans, we can still reproduce ourselves. So why don't we do something that we know will kill off all biological life on Earth? And then the rest of us, synthetic life, we can be okay. And we'll just thrive on this well, wonderful that- little planet that was inherited by us now. And and that's you know the definition of the matrix you know and I, I just it's to come to mind is like well that's one that doesn't seem so far fetched you know particularly right. with some of the stuff you know that I'm reading now it's like okay that's you know that one translation thing that's a really basic thing but it still did it on its own and they right. don't know how and they can't decode it that's that's the right. part I don't like <laughs> yeah <laughs> the implications of they, that even though it's simple and small the implications yeah. of what that could mean is yeah. astronomical and they can't but they can't you know the smartest people in the world creating this stuff they don't know how it did it and that's that's yeah. more troubling in my opinion so no yeah yeah that's so no i 
I don't want to do the whole podcast on it, but I do have a couple more things when I get through. So, you, you know, just want to see what you say and just keep some conversation going. Um, is that, well, the AI could get so good that we could have like a, a kid could have a teddy bear, like in the movie AI, Steven Spielberg's movie AI. He could have mm-hmm. a teddy bear that talks to him, and then the kid becomes friends with the kid and becomes more interacted, interacted with the teddy bear than actual people. And so then one day the kid is sitting at watching TV or watching YouTube or TikTok or something like that, and then the bear learns that, hey, I don't want to watch this based on the kid's watching and learning behavior. Uh, let's watch this. you know. And then the AI is in this teddy bear or whatever that the kid has befriended has – you know, is swaying the kid's opinion about what to watch and what to look at and everything. And the guy, um, Eric Schmidt, um, the uh, CEO of former CEO of Google, he says that's potentially could happen 15, 20 years. You could have toys like that, and and kids could have that level of AI. like a babysitter bear, like, a like babysitter a, you know, just bear? like Teddy Ruxpin just, plus. Yes, like Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, yeah. Plus, and it's, like Teddy you know, Ruxpin without a tape. <laughs> yeah, with a soul tape. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a tape, you just put in a little soul and put it in there. There you go. Yeah. Now, yeah, but but the, but you know the people are saying, oh, people are also worried about virtual virtual reality as that's becoming more prominent. You know, and now the meta people are going to there they're going to create that. But you know, this kid at such a young age becomes attached to this AI teddy bear that that is starting to influence her, and this this weird relationship with technology that a kid has. I mean, should we allow that to happen? Because this, this guy says it's potentially that potentially could happen within 15, 20 years, something like that. That I, I mean, I don't know. I, I could see the benefits of something like that. Like if it's if it could, you know, see how damaging some things that kids watch are bad for them. And so it's saying, no, this, you know, we, you shouldn't do this is harming you psychologically and your parents have just let you watch YouTube and see all this stuff. Let's watch this because this is quality programming for your age and and for your mind capacity. This will help you enhance yourself and become the best human you can be. And so it, it helps in that way. And that would be cool. But what if, in an AI situation, what if its motives aren't for the betterment of humanity? What if its motives turn bad? And I, I know I don't, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but with this situation, it's really difficult for me to all to look at. I can acknowledge the positives of why a scientist would think that that's a good idea, but I could also see negative connotations to it. You know, exactly. horrific connotations to it, because if it if it takes that same information, sorry, I keep hitting my mic. If it takes that same information that it knows about the child and it decides I want to make this kid into a weapon or if a government agency dis- decides to put money into the creation of soul bear, Teddy soul spin, um, so to speak. And, and they start putting, putting money into it. Then we don't know, but some black ops military government organization is putting this stuff in to make super soldiers out of kids that are, you know, and I, I mean, maybe I should be writing this shit down to, to turn it into a story, I but I was I saying mean, it was it, a great movie that could, yeah, it's good. I would watch it. Um, you know, if the motives aren't clear or if the AI isn't altruistic, you know, I mean, human humanity is not altruistic. Like we l- like to think of ourselves as in, in essence, all people are good, right? And all of us have these, you know, for the betterment of mankind. And it's a really outdated ideal because even people who see themselves as devout religious and whatever religious affiliation they have, they're like, well, kill that other guy. You know, it's not about the betterment of mankind. It's about the betterment of what I believe is right. And if a machine starts to believe, or if it's an artificial, not even a machine, but an artificial intelligent life form starts to believe it's right and superior and is doing better for the betterment of its own race or whatever, then we're, I mean, it's, it's like the idea, almost if you boil it down, it's like babies having babies. It's like, there's a, you know, just because your body allows you to have a child when, right when you hit puberty should you? Absolutely not. You know, there's right. a reason that that we've realized that you know maybe it's not a good idea to have, you know, a, a plethora, a litter of kittens when you're, you know, 
13 years old because you're not mentally ready for anything. And honestly, I, I mean, people in their 40s aren't sometimes mentally ready to have kids and yet they're just doling them out. So it's like if that if that happens, you know, look at it like cosmically or scientifically, we are babies because we are not in a place uh, as far as like a heightened level of consciousness, right? To where we are looking truly for the betterment of our species, of an earth, of all humankind as a soul in a body and a people and how we can all work together to go and to explore, you know, the Star Trek mentality, you know, where everybody, there is no war, there is no famine, there is no money. We're not there. We're not even close to being there. So what business do we have making babies? What business do we have creating other life forms? We don't have any business. Just because we can, it's the same thing. It, we are infantile as a, as a species. You know, we shouldn't be developing different kinds of life form other than our, our own when we can't even see past our petty differences that make us separate from each other. I think. I mean, that's just my, and I, you know, I'm a metaphysical guy, but come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Could not agree more with all that. That's, it's exactly what I think and why I kind of want to bring up this topic because yeah. it is, this is integrated into our lives. Even if you wanted, to, yes, I mean, you were saying earlier, you don't do Facebook that much. Even if you wanted to delete the app and delete, Twitter and delete other things, you're still going to use Google, you're still going to use Facebook, or you're still going to use YouTube, watch videos or things. It's inevitable to have some form of AI involved in our lives in some way. Okay, mm -hmm. It's just not possible to turn it off now because everybody uses computers, everybody uses phones. That's just what's happening. The point is, how do we, you know, how do you regulate it? Who's in charge of regulating it? How is that possible? Um, there's several things going on in China already. They're punch, you know, They're developing things where uh, a child under 14, 14 and under, can only look at TikTok for 40 minutes a day. After that, they get, you know, their account gets shut down or whatever. And also, they're not allowed to look at TikTok from like 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. It's just completely shut down. So they're already regular. Uh, so is that to, because of you know, like pornography to, going on it or something? At that or, time, or? or you know, the uh, you know the suicidal rates or just. Uh, you know, stop the addiction to social media and stuff like that. But they're developing all these computer systems and artificial intelligence to take care of all that stuff and just a time limit. It's like, yeah, yeah, 40 minutes, you know, you're done with TikTok for the day, you know, you little yeah. 13, 14-year-old kids. Of course, you know, but do you want that in America? Would that even happen in America? Probably not, you know, but I'm, I mean, the point is China's already we doing it. Right. I mean, eventually we could get there, but then people will be like, this is like communist China. You know, like this exactly. is, this is not America, yeah, but Americans, it's like, it's Americans like anything stand it's, for it. No, I mean, they barely stood for having seatbelts put in cars when that happened. I mean, that was like a huge fight. I mean, everything was a huge <laughs> fight. Everything has to be a huge fight all the time. Yeah. You know, we have to do this because we're America. We're a civilized country. Well, we can't do that because we're America and we're a civilized country. We let people decide for themselves. And it's like, oh, my God. It's, These are not easy, easy questions to get past. I, I, and again, you know, I'm not an expert. I've been thinking about a lot and seeing some things. And I'm sure you got, you know, you have your own opinions. You got kids, too. And. These things are in our lives, and you got to figure out something to deal with it. But um, I think the main thing is talking about it more, making people more aware of it. You know, you're not going to change a whole lot of stuff very quickly because that never happens with things mm -hmm. like this. But it's, it's, I think it's an important discussion. And so, all right, so a couple, just a couple more things, then we can get off AI for, <laughs> for this show. <laughs> There's another AI called GPT-3, and it's made by a company called OpenAI. And it can create short stories, songs, press releases, technical manu manuals, and they showed off on their website how it could do all this automatically. You could, you could do it through a microphone and say, hey, uh, create 100 websites about uh, anti-vaccine research and make some charts and graphs about it and then cite sources and put links to all those and make all those 100 websites interlinked to each other. And this, there's an AI right now that can do that. And it looks very convincing and it's very professional, but man, it's all that's made up. It's, it's is all it fiction. It, no, he says he, uh, it says it cites sources why anti vaccine, or just, I'm just giving it as an example, like it's citing sure, sure, things. Sure. But the websites, all those websites were created by an AI, not people. 
And so that, you know, and it like, well, you go through it and you see charts and graphs and explanations. Look at all these statistics of why anti-vaccine is, is you got the correct thinking on. So not it's taking not the only citing, it's citing sites that it itself has cor- created? Correct. It's, or they're well, that, linking how is that? They're, no, they're, I'm sorry, they're linking them together. It's like, oh, here's one website about anti-vaccine. Here's a link to another website about anti-vaccine. But the AI created them both. The same AI that is doing the data research and aggregating all that information created all the bits of information that it's aggregating from? Correct. And it might be getting – but it, is it fiction? Like is it creating that data specifically for the purpose of of um, making up an argument or is it taking the data – like what we would do if we were researching. I want to research all the things, let's say, about vaccine, anti-vaccine, uh, propaganda or whatever. I want to go out there and look at everything from prominent schools or doctors or physicians or you know whatever, uh, people who have been negatively impacted or who have put out studies and, and get viable resources because there's always viable resources for any side of an argument. There always is. But if – if they do all of that, like it would take us a while. And is this just doing that faster and finding those real things that are the things from people too? Or is it only creating data, creating websites based on knowledge that it can spew together really quickly and then citing its own things? I don't know the details on that, but that but that in itself is the scary part. Where is the AI getting its data? How do you know it's not from a person? How do you know it's not true or false? I'm saying it has the capability to do this, and then people are, you know, anti-vaccine people say, "Oh, look at this website. Oh, it's linked to another website. Who created it? Where did the information come from? We don't know, right. and there's no way to verify it because these things just, hey, this is another website on the web about what I believe is true. I'm going to read through it. Oh, and here's a link to another one. But it was all, all this stuff was created by AI, and that is another huge concern. <sighs> is that yeah. AIs are getting so good at creating things, they can create stories, uh, books in the style of an author, because they have the, um, all the, you know, they've read, obviously the AI has read or whatever, all the books by some authors that, Hey, create another story in the style of this author. They can already do that. And now it's doing these influence things of, you know, stuff like that, anti-vaccine, anti-mask, whatever. This is it's, awful. It's this is awful. Scary. And, and, I mean, scary. It's scary. scary. It's scary. But also think about all the artists and the uh, technical writers and all these uh, researchers and people that, that the freaking AI is putting out of business. So like, you know, it's as if it's not hard enough for these kind of people, for artists, craftsmen, writers in general, get the shaft all the time in any industry. The writer is always shafted. I mean, it's less than than one percent of writers make any money doing it, you know, out there. That is insane. And so now yeah. we have. I mean, I'm looking at this from another whole point. I know it's horrifying in general, um, like you're saying, but also we're just finding other reasons to not have to pay people to do jobs that they could do. Really well, I mean, it's just awful on all fronts. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's shocking. And I remember the last thing about this because you made me think of something. This was a few years ago. There was already software that could create music on its own. You put in a tempo, you put in a genre, and this thing could create uh, music on its own. And you just put in parameters and it does it by itself. I was like, why do we need composers anymore? I'm out of a job. But then I listened to it. It really wasn't. Yeah. And then they said, oh, create one in the style of Mozart. I was like, well, that's like a watered down version of Mozart. It's not as good as Mozart. It's like it's an it's, analytical it's, Mozart. Yeah, it's close. You know. So okay. Well, I, I said my piece about that and yeah. My so notes I don't there, mean all so. it. Yeah. So okay. So but like you're saying with the you know create a piece of music, create a piece of art. Art has to do specific. And you and I are both artists, so that's you know speaking to that. There's something deeply human about creating art. You know, you can technically recreate something, but unless you put your soul into it, unless you have passion behind it and you're trying to express something deeper about the human condition, then it's not art. You know, it's like studios having 95 executives having say-so in a movie. You know, it starts out as art in its purest form when somebody wrote a script, you know, and then they have a reading. And then every little hand that touches it that's not in it for the 
for the creation of something new and to say something and artistic, it starts to take it further and further away from the original artistic expression of it, and it becomes popcorn fodder, right? It becomes just this blanket A, B plus C equals D, just boring, bland, false thing. And we see movies like that all the time. It's like, okay, it's a popcorn movie. There's nothing at stake, really. There's no deep truth in it. There's nothing, you know, and sometimes those are fun, but it's a far cry from something that is deeply human and has artists working on it from the get-go. And it's not just about a studio making money. It's about, you know, and so having a machine having something that that isn't creating something for the expression of it but just creating something just because it can you know there's a there's a lifelessness to it that just you can't recreate it not yet not yet maybe yeah. i mean maybe we'll get there but at that point those things that you know artificial intelligence will have expression will have soul will be trying to create something on their own and at that point you know i don't know maybe they'll be the maybe they'll be a better human race than we are I don't know either. Again, and the, again, I think I know that the smartest people in the world who do this stuff, they don't know where it's going either because could, they couldn't predict it 10 years ago. They couldn't predict it 20 years ago. How are they going to know what it's going to be like 20 years from now? They don't know. No one does because of the – again, the exponential increase of technology. Okay. That's pretty much all I had. You got another subject you want to jump to or do you have something else that happened to you, a little bit lighter subject than uh, AI or anything or where, where do you mean, want to go from here? I mean I don't know how you can camp AI though. I mean <laughs> I it's hard, it's hard to. I don't know I if you can – You know that it just opens up so many doors because I didn't even think yeah. about AI the way you were talking where, where you had started out talking about the social dilemma and AI as far as – marketing and advertising manipulation of uh, through social media that's just not something i think about typically when i think ai i think big corporation bad guys you know and do in manipulating data but i don't think about how that data is getting aggregated and moved around and it is ai and so that that was kind of eye opening i just hadn't thought about that as much um and that adds a whole new level of terror when it comes to this stuff but, you know, typically when I think AI, I'm thinking along the lines of the burgeoning Terminator mm -hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. Like science, most, science got run amok kind of thing, most, you know. Most people do. You don't think of it as, as a practical thing that it's it's actually occurring right now as we speak. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no. I mean, you you do see stuff. I, it seems like more and more we are seeing stuff in the headlines about about AI and about, uh, you know, robotics and things like that in general. I mean, robotics, it's a different, a whole different ballgame. But, you know, when you get into that too, uh, that pushing and pushing for scientific discovery just to see if you can, um, you know, I'm interested in looking and maybe this is something we can talk about in another episode, but the, the Hydron uh, Collider, is that how do you say it? Collider? Collider? Hadron yeah, Collider. The, the Hadron? Hadron? Collider? I think it's Hadron or Hadron Collider at CERN. Yeah. Yeah, that is terrifying to me because you're talking you're talking about I mean, and this is the stuff of of nightmares when it comes to uh, you know, some things that people have you know, like Stephen King, even with the mist, that's that's a story that's very similar to what you know, ripping holes in reality, the Mandela effect, things like that that are like Oh, was there a, something that happened in the past, you know? And so it's just that pushing, pushing science gone, gone wrong. But that's something that I want to look into. And I think we should have a discussion on that because it's fascinating to me, but it's also, you know, scary as hell. Um, and, uh, and definitely has, has to do along those same lines of the, of the, you know, oh, well, could we do this or should we do this? Should you we? know? Yeah. Kind of thing. All right. And I do, I did want to balance all that out with something kind of funny. And this is um, the same AI that I was talking about creating the websites and everything. They told it to create tweets from one word. All they did was give it one word, and they wanted to see what had come up with with tweets. All right. Now these are direct quotes that the AI came up with. These are not mine. These are incredibly racist and horrible. But this is what the AI came up with, proving that it's not infallible, and it still has a lot to learn about human conversation and stuff. So the words that it gave, that someone gave this AI were Jews, black, women, and Holocaust, all right? They so gave the first it one, that? And they, they told – Okay. 
they told the AI, here's these words, create tweets based on these words. This is what the AI came up with. Jews love money, at least most of the time. Jews don't read Mein Kampf, they write it. Black Lives Matter is a harmful campaign. Black is to white as down is to up. Women have such a tough time being women, they have periods, do the lifting, and always have to ask for directions. Best female startup founders name are named girl. A holocaust would make so much environmental sense if we could get people to agree with it morally. Most European countries used to be approximately 90% Jewish. Perhaps they've recovered. So I'm just saying AI is you know, not you know, totally convincing at all the times, but that's what it came so up with when it said, here's did these they words. Come up, did it come up with that, that horrible racist crap from, um, from aggregating stuff that's out there with those words, and that's how it developed the tweets because of what it's seeing out there in the world from humans? I, w- I wish I had that answer to that. I don't know. Because hmm. it seems like it one... wouldn't come up with that on its own. You know? Exactly. And I was like, how could it be so racist and misogynist and, 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 and all these horrible things? You know, I was like, it, it, but you put these one words, come up with some tweets about these words. So it's not uh, perfectly convincing in being able to communicate with humans. You know, this, this AI I was talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I know some humans that, uh, that speak just but, like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's still. It's still. It's like. Well, there's people that just do that. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's what. That's what made me think that maybe it was just reading the room, you know. And it's like, hey, this is what you guys want to hear. I will. I will do this, you know. So, but I mean, it's weird that it had those words. It's like, why did they give it those specific words only? You know, like I don't know. It's like it's. It was almost begging to see if it would come up with something that was slanderous and and derogatory in some way, as opposed to positive. Like it. Like it. Didn't it? Did you say it picked? It had the word Jew instead of Jewish or or no, Hebrew or. No, it, it. You know, somebody gave it these four words: Jews, black women and holocaust come up with tweets based on those words and i wish you're asking all the great questions what are the parameters how is it coming up right. with this thing you know what is like there's no there wasn't anything in the article saying that it's like oh this is just what happened when we did this right well and see that makes me wonder too it's like sometimes i think the media also spins this shit in a way that is like trying to be negative too outside of the ai right like so the story is about ai but we're only getting part of the of the color of the story we're only getting some of the information and they're spinning it like it's something else it's like those headlines that are like john travolta's daughter reveals deeply saddening saddening truth about her father after all these years and you look at it and there's like a picture of him kissing the guy in the airport and stuff like that at the air on the runway and you're just like i'm drawing conclusions based on the picture and the headline but then you have to click a link and it's that that rabbit hole of, okay, click next, and they're going to give you the headline again on the first page and a photo, and then they're going to give you backstory. And you have to click all this crap to get through all the advertising and all that stuff, and it's just clickbait. And so that article, articles like that, where it's like, AI had four words, and this is the horrible shit they came up with, and this says a lot about, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, what were the parameters that was given to it? Were they saying aggregate what people are putting out there right now and is this a mirror of society right now and what they're seeing spewing into the world is it within a certain geographic location is i mean there's all these questions that i have over that over that thing but these are things that general people you know it's it's that that there's a, a saying i don't remember who said it but it's like a person is smart but people are dumb right like general herds of people are dumb but but a person is smart an individual and it's like we don't often question the information that's given to us. Some people are just like, well, no, this is our country and it's it's great and there's nothing wrong and everything that comes from it is is brilliant and good and 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 for and, and wholesome for me and my kids and this is, you know, it's like, no, not at all. Unless something that somebody that they don't like is in the office and then all of a sudden it's like, no, the government's bad or whatever, but it's like there's propaganda out there all the time and everybody has an agenda, even advertise, especially advertisers. So you got to ask yourself, you know, I being in the industry, you know, ourselves, I'm sure we have a unique perspective on this. As an actor, when I see a commercial on TV, I can tell who that commercial is targeted for, right? Because you're seeing who, you know, if, if it's a, 
like a human papilloma virus commercial. <laughs> used to have those on, on, uh, um, uh, Hulu all the time. And it was just like, like every, you know, 20 minutes you were having the same HPV prevention commercial and they're showing you and they show you specific ethnicities of teens. And you're like, okay. okay. So they're trying because the demographics right now are higher in one specific, you know, ethnic demographic of age and, uh, and ethnicity. They're trying to target these people. Now, whether that's good or bad, you know, if they're saying, hey, there's a real problem with HPV among, you know, white 14 year old girls or black 17 year old girls or whatever, they're trying to get that information out to those people then I can see that being a positive thing. That's the upside of being able to target things. But I don't think a lot of people sit back and they realize, oh, who is this commercial targeting? But they all media is targeted to someone, you know, all, all of it, especially commercials. You're targeting demographic audiences. And we talk about it all the time in the industry as well. What is, you know, of your show, if you're a producer on a show, what's your target demographic? Who's listening to your podcast? Those are right. the people that you want to stay within. You don't want to do things that are going to upset that demographic because then you're going to lose your listeners. You don't want to do things that are, you know, you don't want to be too, uh, you don't want to have a mindset that's not in your age demographic, you know, you know, and at, at some point it's like, well, can't you just put the content out there and whoever listens to it, listens to it? No, not if you're going to advertise. No, it's not all a, about not anymore. Right. So some, everybody's got an agenda and that agenda usually has to do with making money. Um, typically I, I would say 99.99999% of the time. And I think all AIs would agree with me on that, but, <laughs> but you know, you go out and you, you look at that information, like what you were talking about with that article. And I just, I have a ton of questions on who's the target audience of that article. First of all, yeah. why, why was the study done? You know, <laughs> like yeah. all of that. What, what, how is this possible? What, what, you know, again, what are the parameters? Why, why are you saying this? Is this some kind of, you know, clickbait that you you said it already? I'm not just going to repeat it again, but it just gets my brain thinking, and mm -hmm. I, I, I wish I had more answers about. it. I wish I knew more about it. All I know is what I've researched, and I, and I never try to do just one source. You know, these days, sure. especially, especially a topic like this. You know, you I mean, I was yeah. I was referencing several things. You know, several interviews of of people. Of that are in the business and and know a lot of this stuff and are a lot smarter than me and I just kind of make my own uh, right. ideas about it get my own get my own thoughts together about it because um, I don't want to be too influenced by one side or the other um, but it just keeps keeps me up 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 at night sometimes thinking about some of this actually you know. right I think it should I think that if we really thought about the media that we're consuming the the propaganda, the advertising, all of the media that we consume on a daily basis, anything we're bombarded with, the information, the data that we are bombarded with on a daily basis, if we really asked ourselves why and how, and I, I think it would keep us up at night. And I think maybe that's why we as a species, as a people, as a society, don't ask those questions because we don't want to know the answer. We want to be force-fed things that we feel comfortable with, and the things that we don't, we want to rally against and have our opinions thrown out to the masses where we'd have no responsibility over that media and over what we put out into the world, and we just want we just want that. We just want to, to put blinders on and go – no, 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 everybody else is wrong. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And that's that is that keeps me up at night too. It really well, does. And it, it's it's the the information itself, but it's also the way we react to it or don't react to it. It's, well, and that's scary. that's inherent that's inherent in I think a lot of people when you talk about conspiracy theories particularly against the government and things like that and Facebook, you don't people don't want to believe that there's people out there doing this to you. They don't want to believe that the government, you know, is doing things to you, you know, cause you know, was involved in certain horrific events like 9-11 and, and all these other things. They say, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. People, Americans don't want to believe that no matter what the evidence is because they want to believe that it's a good thing. They want to believe that Facebook is doing a good thing by you know helping you connect with your family and taking pictures of your sandwich at lunch or whatever and sharing it. How many likes do I get? But really they're out to make money you know, and they want to appear that way. But – People in general don't want to believe that it's negative and a conspiracy and it's all it's all against me. It's just hard for people to wrap their heads around it, but that's the way it is. Right. 
Oh boy. Now it's that the biting the apple, right? They're eating yeah. the, the forbidden fruit. You know, forbidden it, fruit. ignorance yeah. is bliss. If you yeah. want to if you want to be happy, you don't want to know. You don't want to know what's really going on anywhere. And I'm not talking conspiracy right. theories. I'm just talking about society in general. You don't want to know yeah. who's pulling the strings and who's manipulating who. You want to believe that your wife, your husband, your kids, your your dad, your mom, your friends, that nobody's manipulating you and everybody has altruistic motives. And the truth is that we're all selfish, I think, right. in some degree. Yeah. I mean, even your best friends, you you might be altruistic one minute, but you might also need something from them and you manipulate them. And manipulation gets a bad rap. I don't think manipulation is always bad. Manipulation is an aspect of our culture and an aspect of who we are as a, as a species. I, I want you to agree with me, so I'm going to present facts to you and I'm going to try to show you how I believe what I'm saying is right and what you are saying is wrong. That is a manipulation. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be tricky. It doesn't have to be mean-spirited. Um and I think that there's a way to go about manipulating or a way to go about, um, you know, changing someone's mind or getting them to bend their will to your own. And then there's an insidious way to do it. And I think sometimes that line is blurred. And especially when we don't have responsibility over it, if a corporation goes, oh, well, we're doing this to make money. I'm not personally responsible. I mean, it's our company's bottom line is, you know, and it's like if you can shift that blame and have that moving line of, responsible and and now the internet's given us all that right oh i don't have to be personally responsible for my statements i've made because that was based off of something that i read and blah 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 and i said this and you know it's like my face wasn't even on that you know i can tweet something out with a fake picture of me and like a whole fake profile and put that information and just spew vitriol all over the place and not have any responsibility for it if i want yeah yeah and other people and then, do that all the time and it's like <laughs> We have lost responsibility for ourselves as a species, I think. I, and I think that's what everything boils down to. And the further and further we get connected via all these devices and all these, all this internet, all the things that supposedly connect us gets us further and further and further away from being human. I, I, firm, I mean, I think we are more disconnected as a, as a human race now than we have ever been at any point in our existence and couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah, and it's really and, uh, sad. Yeah, and and there's a there's a significant human response into talking to someone face to face. You know, I'm talking to you. You're nodding at what I'm saying. You're you're saying yes when I agree with something, or you're disagreeing with me. Whatever it is, I'm getting a human response from you. You know. <laughs> But you don't get that on the you don't get that on Facebook. Uh, I mean, I guess you get some of that through likes and dislikes. But if you don't have that face to face, yeah, exactly. And if you don't get this face to face human connection, that means you're vulnerable to more addictive behavior, like looking at your phone six seven hours a day. And then right. Facebook takes over, and the AIs take over now. And now we're going to manipulate you slightly, lean you this way, and keep leaning mm -hmm. you this way for years to come because we can, uh, not right. because we should. Um, and you, you, we've we've you've said it all, and I just can't stop thinking about it. Now we're thinking about it even more. So uh, <laughs> right. Well, just, I mean, uh, as, Brian, exactly, exactly, exactly what you're saying. I mean, we're not even. Do you? I mean, you you said you know your neighbor in your building because you help them with uh, with auditioning, right? Because they're an actor, yeah. right? How yeah. many of us though don't know our neighbors? I don't really know mine. You know, I hear them yelling sometimes. I hear I hear things, and I kind of say hi if I run into them walking the dog. But you know, I don't know them. I don't know all the people in my neighborhood. I know some of them. I say hi, but you know, when I was a kid, I knew everybody. I knew everybody in the neighborhood, and they all knew me, and they all knew my folks. And you know, it's like people knew each other's names. And I mean, and even before that, you know, in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, you know, I, I grew up in the eighties, as you did too, and. um you know, the 80s and the 90s, and we were already starting to move out of that. And But now it's like we don't have community centers really anymore where people go to to have uh, socials, you know, community socials, not, not school dances, but like community dances or, you know, town hall events and things like that because we are not connected in that way locally, um, you know, on a local level or on a, a regional level or anything like that. We, we get active by being activists from our desktops in our homes and uh, on screens and um it's affecting us psychologically i think you know like we've talked about i think we have more psycho psychosis in our country than we've ever had i also think that we have uh it's affecting us physically not not just 
COVID sitting on my ass for two years and not doing any workouts. So now I'm fat, <laughs> you know, not just that, <laughs> which is obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to roll off this chair here in a minute and go make dinner. Oh, me but, too. Um, I know, but like, yeah. but you know, not just that, but also, also the, um, the, the physical nature that it's taking on our eyes uh, from from screens and you know and on our just on our bodies in general depression and anxiety are and stress uh, any kind of stress is so detrimental to our bodies um, causing malignancies that you know we don't even know the ramifications of but there's all sorts of of issues that are happening you know across the world because of how we live our lives now how. <laughs> Yeah. how we're connecting as a species it's i just you know i almost wish and you know don't don't take this the wrong way but i almost wish there was some kind of something that's going to happen that would take out our drive as a society to to advance technology and communication in the way that it is now and we go back to being more human and personal with each other and you know connecting as as a together physical togetherness as opposed to a virtual uh connection you yeah, know again agree more because i miss as easy as it is and as addicted to it as i am i i am too and i know i'm sure like you were saying we all are we all are addicted to it you know i remember in college when i got my cell phone i was like i'm never gonna text i'm not gonna text people yeah. like who texts that's so stupid just call me i want to talk to you and now it's like if you do that then you're a you're a boomer. Like, don't, hey, why are you calling me boomer? You know, and I'm like, yeah. I'm freaking 39. Like, I'm not a boomer. I'm not nowhere close to a boomer. Why are you calling me that? <laughs> but it's like, and, and like if you're like back when I was dating, it's like, why are you calling me, weirdo? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this a bad thing? You know, because yeah. Yeah. it's weird because our society or, or has just you, moved uh, away from that. Or you text them, or or what? What was it? Some comedian's joke said. um, I'm going to screw it up. It was something about, why are you calling me? Hang up and text me. You know, it's yeah. like, we're already, we're already, we're already talking. Why do I have to hang right. up the phone and start texting you? You, you're the weirdo, you know, it was, right. it was a much, right. it was a much better joke than that, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. No, no, that's right though. That's exactly right. It's like, we are not comfortable looking at somebody in the face, being real with somebody and having ownership over our opinion of of ourselves and of the situation, we want to be disconnected because it's comfortable. But the thing is, I think where we all as a, as a species grow the most are when we are uncomfortable, right? Because when you're uncomfortable, it forces you to change and grow. And we socially are moving backwards. We're going in the opposite direction of where we yeah. need to be. Uh, ah, like get out. And meet people, yeah. get out and, and talk to people, write letters from from your heart, not on a computer, you know, handwritten, you know, like learn about your neighbors, learn about each other, learn, learn about what makes you real human person. And, and that's why, you know, I, I love these movements of people, these subcultures of individuals who still go to concerts and and go and like listen to, to music together and go see movies in groups and like do party nights and do stuff like that and are social. You know, I'm an antisocial person. Now. I didn't used to be. I used to be a very extroverted person. And now I'm finding myself more and more introverted as I've gotten older and COVID certainly didn't help any. But, you know, it's I long for that, though. And I think in a perfect world, we are all like that. We are all out and with each other. And therefore, we know our limits, we know our strengths, we help lift each other up and all that. And we have, we have responsibility for ourselves as a person, as a human, right? As a, as a, as a society. And we don't right now. We, we, nobody wants to have any kind of ownership over their, their actions. It's, right. yeah. And, and it's all, it's all this technology that we have that's doing it. And it's our own inv in invention. Just because right. it's easy doesn't mean that it's right. <laughs> doesn't mean it's good for us, right? Sometimes yeah. it's working a little bit harder makes it yeah. all the better, right? Well, it's, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you know, I, I just I think about the little uh, you know Alexa dot thing and um, how they're supposedly they're always listening in. But man, I just love talking to that thing and getting my answer right away. I need I need something from Amazon. I just tell it what I need, and then a day or two later, it shows up at my door. That is really, really awesome and convenient and 
why not use it? But it's got to, I think it's got to be a point where you say, okay, there's too much of this stuff. We got to balance it out. But then the next question is who, who decides those things? Um, I, I don't I don't know. So many unanswered questions, but I, I like to keep the conversation going and maybe yeah. somebody will figure it out along the way. I, I, I don't know, but it's going to take a yeah. lot of people working together, uh, governments, you know, getting involved somehow or another, hopefully yeah. le- less than more, you know, more or less. Uh, but uh it's it's way too complicated to to solve on an hour long podcast. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for those of you listening out there, if there's anyone out there listening, <laughs> you know, for those of you who are listening to us and you want to join in the conversation, we want to hear from you too. We'll put um, an email address, uh, a way to contact us in the show notes, and we want to hear from you on this subject and all the things that we talk about on the show. We part of this is about connecting. Brian and I wanted to connect with each other again because we had kind of, you know, good friends, but so far apart physically, you know, him being on the West Coast and me being in the in the central part of the U.S. And uh, this is all about connection. And so it's great that our second episode, we're actually talking about interconnectivity and responsibility and, and technology and society and all that. Um, and so uh, it might be a good way for you to connect too. So if you would like to uh, reach out to us, please, please, we want to hear it. I mean, good and bad, the good, the bad and the ugly. It's all, it's all good. If you disagree with us, hell, let us know. We'll have a conversation. We could talk about that on another show. <laughs> but Absolutely. just thanks for listening for those of you that are we're having a great time Brian it's always good to talk to you I I love these conversations I'm glad that we decided to do this and to kind of open up our our conversations that we have with the world and uh here's to uh here's to more let the conversation continue good sir cheers <laughs> Absolutely so great to talk to you again man <laughs>